This podcast is brought to you by Facebook. Facebook is strengthening security during elections by increasing political ad transparency, blocking fake accounts before they have a chance to do harm, and reducing the spread of false news. Learn more at facebook.com slash action plan. From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Somebody left something on my door the other day. Is it Ted Cruz, toughest Texas? <laughs> I mean, come on. If somebody called my wife a dog and said my daddy was in on the Kennedy assassination, I wouldn't be kissing their ass. You stick a finger in their chest and give them a few choice words. Or you drag their ass out by the woodshed and kick their ass, Ted. If you don't like who's in there, vote them out. That's what election day is all about. And the biggest gun we got is called the ballot box. The Texas stars are certainly coming out for Representative Beto O'Rourke, the Democrat who is challenging Senator Ted Cruz in the Lone Star State's Senate race. But will it be enough? Is Sonny Carl Davis's cutesy commercials produced by, directed by Richard Linklater going to be enough? Will Willie Nelson be enough? Breaking it down... On political theater is Leah Askarnam, the deputy mogul of Inside Elections, <laughs> and Alex Rorty, a roll call alum, currently a senior political reporter correspondent over at McClatchy and the co-host of McClatchy's podcast, Beyond the Bubble. Alex and Leah, welcome to political theater. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back here. So one of the reasons uh, that I, th- I think that this Texas Senate race has attracted so much attention is not just the sort of eye-popping amount of money that Beto O'Rourke uh, has hauled in, $38.1 million just in the third quarter, uh, which, which makes $12 million that Ted Cruz uh, uh, raised, which is a, a respectable amount of money, uh, seem paltry, uh, but also because... Willie Nelson is singing songs, is, is writing songs and performing them in front of 50,000 people in Austin for Beto O'Rourke. Uh, Richard Linklater, the director of such uh, uh, indelible Texas movies like Days and Confused and Everybody Wants Some. And Bernie, where Sonny Carl Davis uh, first got his uh, you know, sort of claim to perhaps pop culture widespread fame. He was also in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but that was a long time ago. And Ethan Hawke is going around the state talking about how great Beto O'Rourke is, too. I mean, like, this is starting to attract a lot of attention in the run-up to the November midterms. So I wanted to talk a little bit about just the reality of this this race. Uh, Leah, you and Nathan Gonzalez are uh, at Inside Elections, like, sort of break down the the numbers there and, and the political gravity. And Alex, in addition to being a political correspondent yourself, uh, you were raised in Houston, the, the carcinogenic coast, as Sonny Carl Davis would call it. <laughs> I noted that. I noted that. Well, my dad worked for Exxon, so I can I can appreciate that. And my parents still, in fact, live in Houston. So let's break down this race. I mean, the, these commercials, you know, with, with Sonny Carl Davis about, uh, you know, White Castle and and challenging Ted Cruz, you know, the, to, to, you know, kind of man up. I mean, Sonny Carl Davis in these commercials, he has these he has a hat that says, come and take it, which is a reference to the Alamo. I mean, there's a there's a lot of Texas going on in here. And does that resonate with Texans, Alex? I, You know, I'm trying not to be dismissive of this because I really think we're at this moment in politics where it really is worth trying something different. Right. And if you look at some of the even the page views of these videos have been viewed over a million times in at least one of the videos. Now, it's a fair question how many of those views came from outside of Texas or how many of those people actually from in Texas watch those videos. But it is... You know, look, Beto is trying to run a non-traditional campaign. 
and this is how you do it. You don't run the, he's not running the classic scary music attack ad, you know, with an ominous narrator saying that <laughs> Ted Cruz wants to take away your health care, you know. And so it, it, it does fit, even though this is not part, tech, you know, officially part of the Beto campaign. Right. They're, they're, uh, they're running on the Progressive Change uh, Campaign Committee. And, and I think Linklater is, you know, he's friends with he's sort of like released them into the wild for, you know, liberal groups to use as they want. The Fire Ted Cruz right. pack, I think, is, is, what, is what's behind them, right? Yeah. And, and, and look, in, in general, I don't think what Democrats really need right now was more celebrity support. I don't think that's the thing that's, that's going to put them over the top, you know, whether in Texas uh, or nationally. And it, Willie Nelson is a little different, right? That's right. not like Leonardo DiCaprio swooping in and, and campaigning for Beto, which I think probably would literally, would actually be a negative for him. Right. But Willie Nelson obviously is the, comes from a very different place, has a very deep connection with the state. I do have to correct you on something, Jason. The sure. Come and take it. That was actually for the Battle of Gonzales. Oh, kickstarted the Texas Revolutionary War, which is what something you know when you take two years of Texas history growing up, as I did <laughs> as a Texan growing up in Houston, <laughs> growing up in Katy, Texas. I stand gladly corrected on that. <laughs> <laughs> I even have a shirt that actually has the candidate that says "Come and, come take, and take it." <laughs> so, so Leah, you know the the you watched the de- the bit debate, the second of the of the three Cruz uh, O'Rourke debates. There is something a little different about O'Rourke. I mean. But but is it going to matter? Yeah, I mean, he is different. And I I think that he's gotten a lot of press coverage that's been criticized for being on the... A little a over little the moon. On, <laughs> a little over the top, <laughs> maybe described as fawning. But then you watch the debate and you, I actually understand kind of why, where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, he is charismatic. He is a great speaker. And, and Congressman O'Rourke's record voting against Texas oil and gas, voting against energy, that hurts the economy. It hurts jobs. It's, it, it's not right for Texas. Let, let's move on to a 90-second response from Mr. O'Rourke. This is what you can expect over the course of this debate. Uh, Senator Cruz is not going to be honest with you. He's going to make up positions and votes that I've never held or have ever taken. He's dishonest. It's why the president called him lying Ted, and it's why the nickname stuck, because it's true. I don't know if that's enough to win a statewide race as a Democrat in Texas. And I, like Alex, don't want to be dismissive of of taking on new strategies. And, you know, he's embraced digital in a way that I think is, is going to be really interesting when this is all over to see how all of that worked out, especially considering how much of his budget he's dedicated to online ads and Facebook and Google. But at this point, I think the question is whether all of this national fundraising and even in-state fundraising is being used in a way that will turn out the voters that he needs to win. So it seems like with some of his more recent ads, they're almost more aimed at converting Cruz voters, when I'm wondering if maybe the better strategy would be turning out voters who, who normally wouldn't turn out for a statewide race because there hasn't been a viable Democratic candidate. So this brings up an interesting point, Alex. I mean, you've also worked in Pennsylvania. And the, and the, the, the Pennsylvania strategy for Democrats, typically, in a, in at least in a presidential year or, or a statewide race, is you, you, you get your base out in Pittsburgh and, and Philadelphia, and then you, you try, just try to hold on in the rest of the state. Hold on. Hold on for dear life. In, in, in the, in the Pennsylvania, uh, as, as James Carville would call it. Uh, or, or he's, you know, it, it, and 
in, in Texas, it's almost like the same way. I mean, like the, the sort of the common wisdom is if you want to win a, a statewide race in Texas, and if you're a Democrat, you run up the score in Dallas and in Austin and El Paso and San Antonio and Houston, and you just hold on for dear life in, in the more conservative parts of the state and in the suburbs of those states. So, but is kind of turning his, his back on that strategy, sort of, and relying on this almost like a version of the 50-state strategy, if you will, uh, in, in Texas. I mean, what what are your, what, what does it feel like? I mean, like if you talk to your parents, I mean, do they do they talk about Beto? Or do, are they engaged in, in, in this race politically in a way that is, is sort of mirroring what we're seeing in Washington and the interest of it? I should mention, you know, both of my brothers live in Austin. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sister-in-law, actually, I was just watching her Instagram stories from her debate watch party, <laughs> you know, with the <laughs> debate last night. And my parents, in fact, picked fairly close attention to politics, but are engaged in talking about the race. My mom would send me pictures of yard signs, mm-hmm. of Beto yard signs, um, saying, oh my gosh, even here in our neighborhood, they're Republicans, so they're not, you know, especially mm-hmm. on board with, with Beto O'Rourke. So when I look at his campaign, I think there, there are two things. So you mentioned two reasons, uh, and I want to get to those in a second, but we're just going to take a quick pause for this message from our sponsor. Facebook's growing team of experts are dedicated to strengthening security during election season and beyond. One way they're doing this is by using artificial intelligence to proactively block fake accounts before they have a chance to do harm. Learn more about their ongoing efforts at facebook.com slash action plan. So, the two reasons, Alex. Well, one is you, you just have to have some hope as a Texas Democrat, something that is going to bring you back into the political process, which doesn't necessarily pay off maybe in the statewide election, but maybe it helps get you involved in local politics where Republicans have dominated or even at the legislative, the state legislative level. And like, te- like Texas Democrats need some hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like don't overthink it. This campaign has been good for, for their energy and bringing them back into politics. The other thing that really is related to this but is much more about November 6th is – the three competitive House races um, where you really need to drive up Democratic turnout that, of course, I'm talking about Texas 21, which is in the Dallas suburbs, Texas 7, which is in the Houston suburbs, which is part of where I grew up. Um, where my parents still live in Texas 7. And then Texas 23, which is the Will Hurd, Gene Ortiz Jones race, which arguably is not no longer competitive. You know, House races, it's difficult to drive up turnout, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't have nearly the megaphone or the resources, certainly compared to a campaign like Beto's, which is something, again, like a cultural phenomenon. So if you can drive up turnout, that in theory helps those Democratic candidates. And I tell you, the way things are breaking right now, if Beto helps win those two Texas seats, theory, that could be the difference between Democrats winning the majority or falling short of the majority in the House nationally. And Leah, this also brings up the governor's race, which is also, I mean, people have sort of forgotten about that. This is not competitive at all. Uh, Greg Abbott, the Republican incumbent, is running against Lupe Valdez, who's the uh, former Dallas County Sheriff. And it's, I mean, he has a, you know, a, a, a huge lead. So they can, the Democrats can't really com- count on people getting activated by the governor's race. Right. And that speaks to, I think, O'Rourke's appeal as a personal candidate, not just as a, a Democratic um, kind of notch on the ballot, the letter D next to his name. I think what you're more likely to see than, I mean, the governor's race, like you said, is not going to be a Democratic opportunity. I think it's more likely that uh, you see Democrats start chipping in at the congressional level this year. The the chances of them chipping in at the House level is better than them getting a Senate seat here. And that does speak to a little bit of the changing demographics of Texas, the kind of power of um, urban centers to flip this year, especially in the era of Trump especially around Dallas, like Alex was saying, that there are competitive races where there where Democrats are, are really charged up. And before we 
you know, let go of this of the celebrity aspect of this too. I mean, one thing that I find kind of fascinating about this, and, and maybe a slight difference between where, where we've seen, like, you know, in two thousand four, like Springsteen, you know, like sort of swooped into Ohio to try to you know help out John Kerry, and then we also saw this in twenty sixteen at at the conventions. You know, we we saw you know Snoop Dogg in Philadelphia at the Democratic convention, but this feels a little different because of the Texas roots to it. I mean, that that. Richard Linklater, you know, people may have heard of some of his movies, perhaps outside of Texas, but they actually in Texas they actually know who Richard Linklater is, and they may have even had like some sort of cameo in Slacker or Dazed and Confused or something like that. Is that? I mean, it is just it's hard almost to ignore fifty five thousand people listening to a, a Beto Willie Nelson concert, and and then the president is going to rally people at NRG Arena, which is not even the biggest venue in NRG Park. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not even the biggest right. venue in the parking lot. Right. It, it, look, it, it does appear, you know, like that they are doing this smart, right? That they are trying to harness the power of celebrity. Uh, because, look, any campaign is still going to need attention and money. And even one like Beto's that seems to have an overabundance of that, you can never have enough, right? And it, and I just, there's a contrast. And you mentioned how maybe it's different than Snoop Dogg coming into the DNC in 2016. <laughs> and I remember Alyssa Milano swooping into Georgia 6, mm-hmm. the special election with John Ossoff last year. Alyssa Milano had no special connection to the Atlanta suburbs. It was just a classic, you know, Hollywood celebrity comes in to, to help out. And this this is different. And I think they are being smart about this. And look, Richard Linklater is, uh, I would say, an incredibly talented filmmaker. And if he wants to make a few ads and they seem a little offbeat, well, you know what? That's okay. My only concern would be is that they will be appreciated and much more widely seen a few years from now, as many as his films are. Mm-hmm. You know that it, they're not immediate <laughs> hits. You know, they it takes a few years for them to catch on. Like everybody wants some. Um, you know, or, or most of his movies, most of his cult classics. That's my only concern with that with that strategy. You're really playing the long game when you you know it's a little bit more of a short game. So, uh, Leah, Alex mentioned those those three um, competitive house seats, and but. Is there the potential for other Texas House seats beyond those three, the the, the Dallas, the San Antonio, and the, and the Houston race, to get swept up in a potential blue House wave as opposed to the Senate race? And there are a couple other races that we're watching. Um, one is an open seat, a bunch of the retirements, the Republican retirements that happened this year, um, happened in Texas. Another one uh, was a viral candidate, MJ Hagar, who was one of the Democrats who kind of went viral nationally mm-hmm. with a with a well-produced video. The, the Doors one, where, where she's going through the doors. Like, the doors were kept on getting, you know, closed in her face. And she's so kind she of just decided like, to open one herself. It's a great right? video. Yeah, yeah and really she, like, kind of looks like an approachable kind of, like, woman who's... And a veteran. And a veteran, yeah. So, I mean, there are definitely opportunities. I would say that at this moment they're not the best opportunities. Mm-hmm. We're looking more at the um, 7th District, the, the 23rd District, and the 32nd District. Mm-hmm. The 32nd District right now, uh, the Democratic candidate Colin Allred mm-hmm. is um, in a pretty strong position and has been making more headway, I think, than any of the other Democratic candidates we've seen mm-hmm. in Texas for his particular race. So before we wrap up, uh, one thing that I am I am curious about uh, is that Alex, I'm fairly certain that you've consumed a Waterburger or two in your life. <laughs> one of these ads, you would you be know, correct. The, yeah, Son- Sonny Carl Davis's ad sort of pokes fun at Ted Cruz's affinity for White Castle um, and White Castle, a, a thing or not in Texas? So like, let's fact check this uh, this this one commercial where where they're making fun of Cruz for liking White Castle. I could say definitively that at least in. West West Houston, where I grew up in Katy, Texas, no one has any idea what White Castle is, or at least we didn't mm-hmm. growing up. And in fact, 
I, was, I, I had so little clue that when Harold and Kumar go to White Castle came out, I was confused by it. <laughs> I didn't understand what White Castle was. Was it like a theme park? I didn't I, like it. Just it just didn't exist. Um, of course, Whataburger didn't. I will say I, I was actually something of a late adopter. It wasn't until I was like a, a kind of teenager and even going off to college before I really truly discovered just how good Whataburger is. But any Texan, any Texan knows that Whataburger is where it's at. It's the first thing. One of the first things I do usually when I come back. Just go to Whataburger. Just go to Whataburger. I get the, uh, the bacon cheeseburger, and their fries are, are just wonderful. It's just a wonderful place. It's so, a wonderful place. And, and they, did, they did have them in Arizona, uh, so I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with Whataburger there as well. <laughs> well, Alex, Leah, thank you very much for talking about this race. I mean, the, the, I, I, I almost felt a little sheepish going to, to do another podcast about Beto and, and Ted Cruz, but this really is has taken on a life of its own, and I feel like that we, you know, we do ourselves and our, our listeners a favor by, like, you know, trying to look at some of the reality as well as some of the fun on it. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Pleasure yeah, to be on. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. And also... Take a listen to Alex's podcast as well. We love other podcasts, Beyond the Bubble, uh, on uh, with his uh, friends over at McClatchy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>